behind the chair. This is America. Does everybody know what time it is? Fix It Radio. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to Fix It Radio. Dan Muir is in for John Rush and Bill Anderson from Arc Electric is in for John Rush and Dennis Brewster. Bill, you get to fill two of them. Wow, it's two big sponsors. shoes to fill. It is big, big shoes to fill. And uh, it's it's an honor and a privilege to be on here with you, Bill, here on Fix It Radio. You know, I just I love these opening segments that they do here on KLZ because, you know, you hear that guy hiding behind the couch? Yeah. That's pretty much me when my wife says, hey, will you fix this? You know, I'm, I'm like cowering behind the couch, getting my phone out, looking for the number of somebody to call, like, you know, Bill from Arc Electric to fix whatever it might be that's broken. You know, that that's just me. I am not the handyman of the of the century by any means, by any, uh, any way, shape, or form. And uh, so it's, it's great to have you here. And uh, so, Bill, tell us a little bit about Arc Electric and what you guys do over there. Well, Arc Electric, we do all kinds of things electrical. Um, it's a broad statement, and you know when you talk about electric electricians, you know you can have niche different markets. There are certain electricians okay. that just do like new construction. Um, there are certain electricians that do like control work, um, industrial work. There's certain electricians that may do, um, you know, like like renovations, remodels, and things like that. We kind of specialize in in the service area. Okay. So when the lights go out, we're the ones you call. Um, we enjoy that a lot because it's um, it engages the mind a little bit more because it's it, you know it's kind of like you're an investigative type you know, electrician, you know, you got to figure it out and you got to solve the problem and, and restore the power. And so we have done that, um, ever since we started in 1999 and, uh, we work with like Excel energy and we work with a couple of warranty companies and, and we're there, um, their service electrician specialists. And so wow. that's kind of what, what we focus on. Obviously we do a lot of, uh, new construction as well. Okay. Um, you know, out where I live in Elizabeth, we are currently doing a lot of barns, a lot of outbuildings. You know, I hear that it's just booming down there in that part of uh, yeah. part of the area. Right. You know, down it's Douglas County's the same way. That's Elbert County, right, Elizabeth? Uh, Elbert County is Elizabeth. Yeah. Douglas County is more Castle Rock Barker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and there's all sorts of barn. I, a friend of mine builds these barns. Yep. And he says it's just crazy the number of people that are wanting. He's behind like a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And so you're going in and doing the the electrical stuff on that. And uh, that's really got, it's kind of a niche market for you. Yeah, it works. It works well for us, um, especially with our location. Um, you know, we, we have all the equipment. We have trenchers. We have, uh, you know, little Kubotas where we could backfill and dig all the stuff that we need. We've got, we actually got a, our own scissor lift now so that really? we could uh, pull into concrete and go up 20 feet in the air. And so you just accumulate these things as you need them. Sure. And, uh, you know, we just did a project, um, just finished it up yesterday where we did two trenches, 300 feet from um, IERA's pedestal okay and we set two temp panels where they're going to build a house and then they're going to build a, a big massive 60 by 60 shop uh, we do that so. that that you know that's really cool that's 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 big time stuff yeah that's fun so what yeah. would you say your service area is about how how deep into the metro do you go or we we pretty much cover Denver metro oh do you okay yeah we um, kind of don't go any northern than maybe thornton or north glen okay. it's kind of the, the cap there and we probably go down as far as like you know monument sedalia we'll, we'll kind of cap it there 
um, and then all the way out to Elizabeth Albert. I just looked at a house yesterday at Albert, brand new construction house, um, massive, uh, 32 acres. <laughs> so obviously you're still looking. So you're still looking for business, looking for new projects. Yeah. The one thing with electrical work, you know, here's a funny statement because okay. um, when it comes to uh, plumbing, if you have a plumbing leak, you know, you got to call a plumber because the water's flowing. Exactly. Right. Uh, when your furnace stops working, you got to call gotta the HVAC call. guy because you're freezing. The That's right. Uh, when the electric you know, stops working, you, you grab an extension cord and you wait it out. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, um, that is so true. And then once you fix the problem, you fix the problem. And so it's, you know, you, you may not hear from that customer again for quite a while because you've solved their problem. And, and that's what the customer's hoping for. Right. Cause right. you don't want, you know, electrical problems that keep popping up at the same circuit or the mm-hmm. same outlet or the, why is it my fridge keeps going out all the time? Right. You don't want it. You don't want those. You don't want those phone calls. Right. It's, it's a tough so, one. Yeah. yeah. Cause, and usually it's not the electrical at that point. Usually it's the appliance or user error. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in my house. Could never be user error. Okay. Once again, it's Bill from Arc Electric. And you can get a hold of Bill at 303-656-3689 or go to arcarkelectricco.com. Okay. I've been trying to avoid this call because I knew it was coming. I knew this call was coming. Joe from Jersey. Welcome to Fix It Radio. How you doing? Dan, I'm good. Yourself? Um, I was good until John told me I was going to be hosting the show today. Then I broke out in, in sweats because I knew you were going to ask me about my home humidifier. That's right. Because back in October, <laughs> I was still living in Colorado. And, I, and I, we talked about home humidifiers. And you were going to check to A, see uh-huh. if you had one on your furnace. Right. And B, if you did what kind of condition was the pad uh-huh. inside the housing was. So, yeah. Dan, did you ever check to see if you had a whole house humidifier on your furnace? Wait. And if so, did you ever check the pad? You know, Joe, that would require me actually knowing where the access is to the to the crawl space in my house and then having <laughs> to lift up the crawl space do- door and then you know find the ladder and go down in there and crawl under there and find the, the furnace and the humidifier thing. And so, obviously, the answer is no. I did no, not you've never it. checked I've to see if never... you had one. No. So you don't. And by the way, and, and I'm really hoping one. I'm really hoping there's no filters down there because if there's filters <laughs> down there, I'm in big trouble. I've changed all the filters. Believe it or not, I've actually changed all the filters. You know, upstairs throughout the house because those okay. are easy. I can find those. I know where those are. Okay, uh, Dan. If you have a whole house humidifier <laughs> on your furnace and it's turned on, yeah. In addition, uh, this summer it's going to drive your air conditioning bill through the roof. I assume you have central air in the house. Yes, we do. Yes, it takes more energy to dehumidifier air than to cool air. Cooling dry air takes very little energy. Uh, dehumidifying humid air takes a tremendous amount of energy. So if that humidifier is on, not only is your humidifier pad probably just chock full of calcium and minerals, this summer it's going to cost you a fortune uh, to run your AC if that humidifier is, is running because in the summer you turn it off and in the winter you turn it on. So, Joe, you're you're killing me. I okay. I all right. I will take care of this. I will go down and look and see if it's on. (laughs) I because you're absolutely right. You you remember the Gallagher bit where uh, he said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a humidifier and I'm gonna buy a dehumidifier and I'm gonna hook them up and turn them on in the same room and let them fight it out. Fight it out. (laughs) (laughs) You know that's basically what I'm doing with my air conditioner running the humidifier. Well, that's assuming you have one, and yeah. if you do, Dan, if you do two things, one, you're, by this time, you're probably that pad is probably just completely calcified over, and two, you want to make sure you shut it off for the summer. There's a little knob there that goes from zero to 100%. 
Um, so uh, you, you really want to look to see if you have one, and if you do, change the pad, turn it off for the summer because summer's just around the corner. Okay, and and uh, I will I will go down there. I will take a look. I got to check to see right. if there's a filter anyway. So I I will do that. Oh, I I guarantee so. you there's a filter in the <laughs> unit. And, and by and this is for the rest of your listeners too. Okay. Uh, most of you know I don't want to say most, but a great majority of your, of your listeners if they have a fairly modern house less than 15 years old, they probably have a whole house humidifier that bolts on to the uh, side of the ductwork near the furnace, and you can open it up. There's a disposable pad in there. It's typically got a aluminum frame around it. They're about 12 bucks for a new pad. Uh, it looks like a waffle pad, and uh, you just need to take it out. Uh, you can, you know, technically, theoretically, you can change it. If you want to soak it in CLR and whatnot, you can do that, but uh, the CLR would cost you more than a new one. Um, so just throw the old, you know, order a new one, open it up, and swap it out. Springtime's a good good time to do that. That way, come fall, you're ready to go with a uh, fresh pad in there. Well, that that's that's great advice. That makes sense. Okay, Joe. So John did forward me an email that you sent him earlier in the week, and I was uh-huh. going to read it on air. Um, do you do you want to tell the story about going to the shooting range this week? No, it was about uh, doing some home repair plumbing. Oh yeah. <laughs> So we moved into this. Uh, it's not a new home, but it's we moved from Colorado to New Jersey last November, and uh, of course my wife didn't like a single light fixture and didn't like a, didn't like a single faucet in the house. So last week she had me changing out the uh, not only the faucets but also the stoppers in the master bedroom sinks. And uh, the original stoppers had this stem. You pull the rod and it little stem operated little lever under the sink. And she likes these little pop-up stoppers. You know, you push down you, and then seats and you pop, push again, it's spring-loaded, pops up. But this requires that you, in addition to removing the faucet fixtures, that you remove the, um, the whole drain spout assembly. So I told her, look, I'll do this, but you need to help me because I'm I'm, once I'm on my back under the sink, you need to help me. So I'm under the sink and I'm going to change the, 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 the neck on the drain. So I undo the, the P-trap, the U-trap underneath, it's plastic. And I tell her, okay, I'm going to hand you this uh, you plastic U-piece uh, pipe that's full of dirty water. You need, to, you need to dump it out. So I'm under there, so I hand her the U-trap. Now, she could have dumped it in the toilet. She could have dumped it in the tub. She could have dumped it in the other sink. Where does she dump it? She dumps it in the drain that's directly above my head. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. That sounds like one of our home improvement projects right there. <laughs> yes. She just, you know, she's standing there. I hand it to her, and then she immediately proceeds to dump it into the sink that I'm under that no longer has the, you know, that has the drain piping disconnected, and of course it just runs down top of my head. So that was my this this week's home improvement project. That is awesome. Sound, yeah, no, he sounds 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 like a Tim Allen skit right there. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it, Joe. Hey, man, really appreciate you. Appreciate the call, and uh, man, th- thanks for checking in with us. All right, take care, guys. Okay, thanks, you too. Okay, so when we get back from break, um, this is Dan Muir filling in for John Rush on Fix It Radio. We got Bill from Arc Electric. And there was some, Bill, there were some power problems in Texas in the last couple of weeks. And now everybody is on this craze of, I better make sure my house is backed up. Let's talk a little bit about that when we get back. You're listening to Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? 
Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable Interest Mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where our reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by DOOR, NMLS 298-191, equal credit lender. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Your company is bleeding time and money, and John Rush will find those leaks. You're too stuck in day-to-day weeds to step back and see the big picture. You need a qualified, experienced business coach to take stock of your expenses and see where you and your employees are wasting time and money. John firmly believes that every business owner needs a coach because you're too close to the situation to be objective. Email John now and make more money. John at RushToReason.com. All righty, welcome back to Fix It Radio. Dan Muir and Bill Anderson in four. John Rush and Dennis Brewster here on Fix It Radio. And Bill is the owner of Arc Electric. That's ARKElectricCO.com or 303-656-3689. If you want to join the program, it's 303-477-5600. We'd love to take your calls. Right now, Bill, let's talk about what happened down in Texas. And quite frankly, Colorado's poisoning itself for these same kinds of problems with the whole green energy thing. You know, we're going to be carbon neutral and no more coal plants, gas plants. You know, let's let's cut the power off the nuclear power plants and let's just live on wind and solar. So to me, that sounds like people better have some backup or at least be thinking about backup. But I think backup is probably more complicated than what we think. Yeah, it's um, this is a huge topic. Um, because if you start regulating and start, you know, regulating the use of electricity, then you could have the rolling blackouts and, right. and things like that. Uh, I think one time when I was talking with Josh, uh, with Rush, uh, John Rush, on this very topic about can the infrastructure with the solar and wind now supply the country? And the answer is, well, yes, as soon as they regulate your electricity. Yeah. You know, because then it's supply and demand, right? So there's several ways to look at this. you got to look at backup power. In, in three perspectives. Okay. One, if you're totally off grid, you know, sometimes it's more expensive to have the utility bring you the power than it is to go solar. Okay. 
um, that's one perspective. Um, in the mountains, um, out east, you know, we did a we actually did an airport. You said you were oh, a really? pilot. We did a little airport out there in uh, Deer Trail, and he had five little outbuildings. Okay. And we every building was solar. And, you know, he can still work his radios. He's got a working bathroom, working break room, all these things. It's 100% solar. And the cost of that was cheaper than it was for the utility to bring power to the Interesting. To place. So, and does he have battery back? How does that work? Yeah. So that's that's what we'll get to here oh, in just okay. a second. So um, the second thing is, is are you looking for apocalyptic event? So... If that's your viewpoint. You're talking um, to the guy that always knows the end of the world is now. It's going to happen <laughs> in five minutes. So, so yes. we'll talk about that perspective. Okay. And then the third perspective is, hey, I just need emergency power for maybe a few days. Okay. Okay. All right. So the if you're, if you're off grid or if you want to go off grid, you need to probably go with solar with that because solar, wind, you create what's called a, a microgrid. Okay. And a microgrid is you have solar, you have wind. And you have maybe generation backup, but you run everything off batteries. Uh, batteries. As soon as you convert AC to DC, which is what happens between your solar panels to your batteries to your devices, unless you go 100% uh, DC stuff, like in a camper, uh, okay. which is now you got to have you know propane and, and things like that to run. Um, your stoves and stuff like that but they even have dc ceiling vans and stuff so it is possible oh, okay. to do that but once you start making that conversion your efficiency drops way down you, you lose a lot okay um, and so the reason we go with wind solar and generators because the sun always doesn't shine that's right the wind always doesn't blow mm -hmm. nope. and you have the potential of running out of gas yes so you know you've got the threefold backup um, and then there's a whole nother little tangent on, well, you can use uh, methane gas to, to power things. And um, that's a big thing as well, where they have these huge pits and they throw all their compost in there. Okay, that makes sense. Grass clippings. Uh, well, when you first said that, I thought maybe you had lived near a Taco Bell. Uh, well, that's, that's part of the system too. <laughs> okay. um, and then you can actually buy a, uh, a nozzle for your generator that will burn that methane gas. Oh, so okay. It it's runs just like it would like on propane. Um, but the problem with that is, you, you know, once you run out of gas, you run out of gas. So right. um, that's one way to look at it. So if you're looking at the apocalyptic thing, well, you got kind of the same scenario. And I always ask people when they think, well, you know, hey, um, this was kind of popular during the whole things around November, right? They, sure. Everybody thought everything was just going to collapse. And I would go to somebody in the middle of town and they're like, I need a generator, I need all this. And I says, okay, if you really think that the world's gonna come to an end right now, a generator's the least of your problems. <laughs> because if you're the only house on the block with uh -huh. a generator, everybody's gonna want that generator. That's right, you better have some brass and lead to back up you, the generator. You know, so it's, it's all perspective, <laughs> right? Right. And so a lot of people were like, well, you know, I gotta, it's survival mode. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, if you're going down that path, um, there's other better options to spend your money on. Plus, you got the issue. The thing with generators, you always got the issue of you're going to run out of gas. Yeah. And even in Texas, they were talking about they ran out of gas. And, you know, you couldn't get gas. The gas stations were, they stopped. You well, know? they stopped. Well, they, first of all, if they lose electricity, they can't get it out of the ground. Exactly. You know, it's it's down in there. It's not right. going to do you any good. It's They got to pump uh, it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of grabbing the garden hose and start sucking. You know... I've had some bad experiences with that. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it's still you can still do it, but <laughs> you're probably still tasting it, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad memory right there. Yeah, um, exactly. Just back. So, um, so sorry about that. But but really, I mean, okay. So if you're in apocalyptic mode, mm-hmm. first of all. If you really think it's going to happen, you better just get out of town to begin with because you can't live in the city. That's what you need to do. you you got to get to that remote place, yeah. and then maybe you have generator or solar or wind at that location. And don't tell anybody where you live. Right, right. That's If that's you want to survive. Right, right. So, okay. you know, if you're if you're out where I live, you know, you got to think, well, that wave's going to happen in town first, and then it's going to eventually mm-hmm. get to you. you got some time there, but... So now let's talk about, okay, we have the snowstorm. Yes. We have the snowstorm or the ice storm or the hurricane or, or whatnot, and maybe our power is going to be out for a couple days. Okay, well, you can still go with, with a generator, but you you have to store that gas. You have to cycle that gas because the gas goes bad. Um, even if you have diesel, you got to condition it and keep, keep that fuel ready to go. You have to rotate it in and out. And then what happens if you run out of gas? You know, you're done. So... A lot of the best options is, well, we'll go to propane or we'll go to natural gas on our generators, which, you know, that low-pressure gas supply should be still there even in the event of, of electricity. T- typically, it's there. It's there, even if you lose electricity. Yes. T- right. Typically, it's there. So it's like, you know, so like we have that gas fireplace at home. Mm-hmm. But it's really kind of useless if the electricity goes out because it, the fan is electric. It's got, a, it's got a glass plate in front of it. Right. You kind of think of that as a backup, but it's really not from the standpoint that once the electrical electrical goes, it's done. Right. Well, Mike, I got a gas furnace. Yeah. Okay, but the motor's electric. Right. That blows the air. So, right. You know, um, and you can you can size those. Um, you know, a lot of people are worried about their refrigerators. Uh, well, if you think about it, with your refrigerator or your freezer, if you don't open it, it's going to survive for a while because it's basically a cooler. Correct. And the more you open and close it, well, that's when that cold air is escaped. So it's like you have to make choices of, first thing, if I am going to go with a generator, you're not going to be able to power your house unless you're willing to spend a lot of money to power that entire house. Um, you have to think, okay, what's my true critical loads? Right. So right. for I mean, first of all, it would be the heat. Let's If it's the wintertime, you want to make sure that furnace is running. Yep. So... So let's talk about let's talk about that. Let's talk about load. Let's talk about mm-hmm. let's say you are going to get a generator. Um, obviously, you're not going to you know have the house all lit up, everything on, right. unless like you said, you're willing to spend a ton of money. But let's 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 use the Tex- Texas example. They were out for about what three four days down there. I, I honestly don't. know. Okay, roughly I think it was roughly three or four days. The maximum maybe five days. Mm-hmm. So let's say you want to plan f- uh, to be able to keep yourself warm. Um, keep the electrical going for three or four days. How big of a generator do you need? How much gasoline do you need to have? How do you, or diesel fuel or whatever, and how do you keep all this stuff so that at that time you can use it? It's all based on size. Okay. Okay, so typically with most modern day houses with just the bare essentials, I mean the bare essentials, okay? And uh, if you have a, if you have an electric range, mm-hmm. um, microwaves things like that that's going to start to go out the window you're not going to be able to use that and so people start to say well what do i do for for cooking well you go buy a little you know uh, toaster oven or something that doesn't take a lot of electricity that you can still cook with you can still get those guys up to 400 degrees and you can still cook a convection ovens a little bit more so you got to start thinking okay what other options do i have 
you know, maybe somebody has the old-fashioned wood fireplace. Okay, well, maybe powering their furnace isn't as important. But what you do is you take all those critical loads of what you want. Okay. And then it's it's kind of basic Ohm's law. So you take up all those wattages. What you call it again? Ohm's, Ohm's law. law. Yeah. Okay. Remember that stuff we were just talking about about yeah. school that yep. we you Ohm's know, listened law. to? So, um, it, you know, you take your watts. Okay. And, and you can divide the, your either your amperage, if you know your amperage, or your voltage, whatever you know. Uh, divide that into it, and that would give you your amperage. So, okay. And that's all on the devices, right? Isn't that pretty much on the placards of the devices? Yeah. Or you can look it up, I'm sure. You can look it up. Or if it just says, you know, here's my volts and here's my amps, you can times those two together and get your watts. Okay. Um, or the more precise way would be to turn it on and then use an actual amp clamp. You know, go in there and turn on everything you think you're going to need, and then we can put an amp clamp around your feeders, and it will tell the amp draw. And then say, okay, here's where you're at. Okay. Okay, obviously right now I can tell this is not a do-it-yourself project if you're not an electrician. It, it can be, but it gets complicated because not knowing all the details – you know, could lead I, you. I wouldn't even know where path. to clamp the amp clamp claw. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, and most people don't. And so, it, you know, so, so i you know, I think, I think the misconception that a lot of people have is that I'm going to go buy a generator, plug it in, mm -hmm. it's going to work. And you're really telling us that, no, there's a lot more to this. There's a lot more to it. And, and you also have to be aware that, you know, if you have that generator plugged into your electrical system and it's essentially backfeeding electricity into your system and then when that power is restored you got two two sources of electricity um, and if you don't cut that and let's say you have a down line okay let's say okay. a power line went down a tree fell down and broke your power line and you got a lineman out there working on that that power source and you're pumping juice into that you could kill him that's not good. That's not good. So it's not as simple as just, hey, let me get a generator. Let me put an outlet on my wall and plug it in. So, so you've got to have a way to take yourself off the grid to turn the generator on, Correct. don't you? Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we actually have, we'll set up a separate sub-panel with okay. what we consider your critical loads. And then you can have a transfer switch, either a manual transfer switch or an automatic transfer switch. An automatic transfer switch, when it senses the power grid go down, it'll flip it for you. Uh, we, we set up a lot of those out where I live um, because some people will leave for the winter and oh, yeah. their power goes off and they want their generator to kick on without them being there to make sure their house, their pipes don't freeze. Sure. Um, we've set those systems up and we also have set up systems where it's as simple as you put in a switch, you throw a switch and it's either generator power or a utility Gr power. Utility power. And okay. there's no connection between, um, that's the transfer. That's switch. critically important. Right. You can also do it with lockout breakers that okay. when you have the generator breaker on, it locks out the, the, the utility power and then vice versa, you know, so, um, there's no... It's a mechanical locking out um, mechanism that doesn't allow you to backfeed. Let's go back to those automatic switches just for a second. So the automatic switch, does it then also sense when the utility power comes back yes. on? Yes, and then it kicks okay. back out. So mm -hmm. it kicks back out. So that that really be the way to go. You know, yeah. I, unless you unless you're home all the time and you can just flip it if it well, happens. Well, so I had a pilot once um, was concerned about power outages, and, okay. and he was like, "Hey, I just want to." you know, make it super simple and I just want to be able to flip breakers and you can mark what breakers and I'll just turn my switch off. And I says, okay, that's great. But what happens when you're gone? 
Is your wife going to be go out there and be able to duplicate that? Just because right. you and pilots are smart, right? They've got a lot of well, some are working a lot of knobs. Most and, are, <laughs> you know, so they 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 can do that. That they can go through that process. Yeah. Right. Um, so to say, hey, you know, family member, child, wife, you know, whoever, um, just walk through this sequence. It makes sense to me. Uh, that's where it's like, yeah, you, you, you need to think through that process a little bit more and you need to make it as simple as possible. And maybe it is just a switch. Yeah. And the automation would definitely make it simple. Wouldn't yeah. It? With automation, the price goes up, obviously. Yeah. But, um, you know, we, we just put in a, um, a little Generac panel and the guy had a, a little portable generator okay. was rated at 30 amps, not, nothing really big. Um, and, and it comes, this particular system comes with a panel. It has uh, what's called 816, so you can put eight full-size breakers or 16 half-size breakers in it. Okay. And then it has the manual transfer switch with the plug, with the cord, and we moved all those critical loads over to the to this new panel. Oh, that's okay. It was just it was just Bill bumping his mic. Not I'm, not, I'm not even Italian. He's talking with moved, his hands. And I'm not even. <laughs> So he's doing well. Um, and we, we backfed that into the grid. And so really what happens is that the grid goes down, right? He goes and he hits the switch. He, he brings up his generator because the generator has to ramp up. Yeah. It has to get up to RPM um, before you could put the load onto it. And then once that's up, he hits the switch and all those loads are now fed. Power comes on. He just reverses the process. Okay, let's talk more about how to use the generator when we get back from from break. You're listening to Fix It Radio. Damn, you are in for John Rush and Dennis Brewster. Give us a call at 303-477-5600, and we'll be right back. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Take AIM. Affordable Interest Mortgage has been offering the Asset Manager All-in-One Loan for over 11 years. We are experienced in helping homeowners pay thousands less in interest on their mortgage, own their home faster, all without spending one dime more. 720-895-0500. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we have hundreds of clients that have been using this loans to build their equity faster, access emergency funds when necessary, and pay off their home in 8 to 13 years versus 25 to 30. People initially believe this loan is too good to be true, but it is true. Call 720-895-0500 now to see if you qualify. Loans from 100000 to 2.5 million, same rate. Ask our previous clients. They will tell you it works. Call 720-895-0500 and work with the experts. This loan has been around since 1965. Affordable interest mortgage, where it's all about you. 720-895-0500. Regulated by DOOR, NMLS 298191, equal credit lender. 
RoofMax in South Aurora keeps your roof going strong with roof rejuvenation. Modern asphalt shingles are manufactured with less oil than they used to be, so they dry out sooner, leaving them brittle and unable to expand and contract with the extreme temperature swings. Especially here on the Front Range where your roof handles high elevation sun, UV exposure, and severe spring and summertime storms, along with more than twice the national average snowfall, your shingles wear out even faster. Roof rejuvenation with RoofMax could save you up to 85%. Just one application of their all-natural bio-oil immediately adds five years to your roof, guaranteed. With up to three applications every five years, RoofMax could help your roof last 15 years longer. Save thousands of dollars by extending the life of your roof instead of replacing it. Call Dave Hart with RoofMax in South Aurora now at 303-710-6916. All righty, everybody. Welcome back to Fixer Radio. Dan Muir in for John Rush and Dennis Brewster. Along with me is Bill Anderson from Arc Electric. And uh, you can get a hold of Bill over at Arc Electric at 303-656-3689 or it's arcelectricco.com. That's A-R-K electricco.com. And we're talking about generators, which tend to be right now the big thing, the fad. It's, you know, everybody wants to make sure that their lights stay on, the heat mm-hmm. stays on if they were to lose power again. But it's not a simple fix. Right. And it's not a simple process. And, and over during the break, you and I were talking about just the maintenance aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's okay. So we've become so accustomed as we were talking about, we've become so accustomed to everything just working. You know, I don't even have to have my car serviced. The only thing I have to do is change oil every now, like 7,000 miles with synthetics. Right. And most people only drive 15,000 miles a year. So you get to change what once a year, mm-hmm. you know, that, and you run through Jippy Lube and you know, 20 minutes later, you're in and out or, you know, or whatever it might be. And so, our mindset isn't there. So let's say let's say I buy the generator, I have you hook it up, I got the whole thing, you know, automated. How do I maintain this thing? You got to go out and start it. <laughs> you know, let it run for a little bit cuz uh you know, the the seals will get stuck, the the gaskets will start to to rot out and all that fun stuff. You got to check the oil, you know. Um the, gas- the oil, <laughs> the oil. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like a car. You and, don't and get I'm 70. Not, I know. Well, I'm not trying to be smart, but I don't think a lot of people take this into consideration. Right. It's an engine. It's an engine. It's an engine. Exactly. And mm-hmm. it's a it's an engine like would, would somebody would use on a farm. It's not like mm-hmm. your lawnmower engine, you know, where you can, you can pretty much abuse those things and they'll run every summer. You know, when you're talking about a big diesel motor or engine that you bought, mm-hmm. even if it's a small diesel engine or even a small gas engine, but it's something that you're depending on. Mm-hmm. If my lawnmower doesn't start, I can just take it down to the lawnmower guy. Yeah. And if it, no, you fried it, Dan. Well, okay, 200 bucks later, I've got another lawnmower. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the mindset, right? After you've put all this money, time, and energy into this backup energy system, when you need it, you want it to work. Right. You're not going to be able to just go down and exchange it that night so you have power that night. Right, right. And a lot of people, that's that's a big problem. Even when we've had little little you know hiccups here with storms and things, everybody just runs down and thinks, oh, there's going to be one on the shelf. And, <laughs> and there's not. You know, we work with Generac, and Generac is, is saying it's, it's eight weeks minimum 
to, to even get your generator. I mean, that's how far out they are because of the, the demand. But yeah, you've got to exercise them. You've got to change. You've got to cycle that oil. you got to not cycle the oil, but the gas because the gas will go bad. I mean, if you've got a, a five gallon tank and you let that sit there for a year, you know, um, it's may not run. Now, as are well. there additives and stuff you can put in gas stabilizers and those kinds of things that, well, that help? Sure, there's like yeah. you know for you for over the winter and things like that. But or do you have to go out in the middle of the night when the neighbors aren't looking and drain it and put fresh in? Well, here's what's going to happen <laughs> when the power goes off, right? And you don't maintenance it. <laughs> that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be getting you... that hose and you'll be siphoning that water, <laughs> oil, that gas out, and putting fresh gas putting in fresh because gas it in. won't start. But if the power's out, what are the chances of you going down to the gas station? The power's out there too. Well, you know, a lot of times with the with the way the grid's set up, yeah. you know, unless you lose the whole thing, right. you know, there's sections that are still open. But, you know, and people say, well, I've just got, you know, 10, 20 gallons of gas on my on my shelf, you know, and it's like, well, you need to put that in your car and fill it up afresh every once in a while because it gas will go stale. Yeah, know? and you don't want stale gas in your generator. Now, is it is it best to keep the gas in the generator? So, or do you just, if a storm's coming or something's happening, then do you put gas in the generator? Well, I mean, you think about your lawnmower yeah, or you think about your weed whacker or whatever. I mean, uh, or your chainsaws. I mean, I keep, I keep the gas in it over winter. Um, seems to be fine, but okay. uh, you know, I mean, definitely that's something that, you know, the, the car guys would have a better answer for because you know, they're, they're working with engines more than we are. But I'll ask them when they come in in 20 minutes. Yeah, there you go. But so <laughs> when, so how often do you cycle your engine then for your generator? So I don't have a generator. Oh, no. Okay. No, because I'm an electrician. I can make my own electric just by <laughs> rubbing sticks together. You know. <laughs> That's, I knew it. I knew I should have went to electrical school, become an electrician. I knew I should have done that. So, so, so okay. So okay. So how? Do, what do you recommend for those that you're hooking up a generator for? You know, you 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 can do quarterly. Maybe just go out and start it. You know, on the seasons. Okay. You know, you know, maybe spring, fall, summer. And about how long would you let it run? Um, five or 10 minutes. Oh, so not very long. Yeah. No, okay. just get it going. Just make sure everything's still in there, still loose. Mm-hmm. Let's say you have a problem. Um, you know, let's say that all of a sudden it's like making a clanking sound or it's not, Hey, this just doesn't sound right. Or I don't think this is working properly. Are there people that will come fix these generators or what does that, what does that look like? Well, see, that's another thing. We didn't really address that, but the size of the generator, I okay. mean, you can, you can go down to Harbor Freight and buy a little tailgater it's this. It's bigger than a little lunchbox, like a little igloo lunchbox. Um, I carry that around in my trucks because okay. when we have to do a service panel or something like that, people are now working at home. We should bring a cord into their house, and they can still work their computers and all that stuff. We give them power. Um, sometimes, like that trench I was telling you about, we're out in the middle of nowhere doing a, a 300-foot trench, and maybe we need to power something up or charge a battery or something like that. This thing works great for that. So what would be the minimal size generator I would need to keep my furnace running? To, to me, that's the main thing. I can I can cook on my grill at mm-hmm. minus whatever. I mean, I'm from right. Minnesota. I know how to cook outside. I can, you know, I've got the camping stuff. You know, I set that up out on the deck or whatever outside. Mm-hmm. I can I can make food. I'm not worried about that. It's the heat in the house I'm worried about. So about what size generator would I need to keep a furnace running? Let's say in a 2,000 square foot house, something like that. Most of those are ran on a 15-amp circuit. Now, when you talk about 15-amp circuit, that's the overcurrent protection. Okay. They don't pull 15 amps. And so, it, it, again, if you just do um, that whole Ohm's law and we take, you know, when 
He's got his calculator out. He's yeah. doing mm. the numbers. He's actually doing the math. It's actually probably, you know, a 900-watt generator would probably be fine. Okay. Is but that a medium-sized generator or a small generator? It's on the smaller is size. Is it on the smaller you size? Can, you can get those pretty relatively cheap. I mean, oh. uh, okay. Uh, so Even some of those car inverters that you plug in are 1,000 watts. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Don and Littleton, you're up next. Welcome to Fixer Radio. How you doing? Hi, Dan. Hi. I had a question for Bill, please. Okay. That's okay? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thanks. We're contemplating central air, and my question is, I wonder how you can tell if your, if your load panel is big enough to handle a, uh, central air conditioning. There's a couple things you've got to look at. Um, if you go out there and you look at your main breaker size, um, yes. You, you know, you probably want something at least 150 to 200 amps minimum. Uh, depends on the square footage of your house. Depends on what you have connected to that load. And then the other thing you need to look at is do you have the spacing in your panel? So yeah. uh, panels come in a variety of different um, spaces, and different brands have different options as far as can you put a a thin line for GE or can you put a, a tandem in for some of the other companies, but that thing is full and it's full of half sizes and you don't have the spacing in it, it may push you into either a sub panel so that you have room or changing out that panel to have more spaces. Um, what size air conditioner is it? Do you know the tonnage? Well, I think it'll be about a two ton, Bill. So a two tons only a 20 amp circuit. Um, a two pole 20 oh. so you need two spaces with 20 it's probably fine the you're the thing i'd be most curious about is if you have spacing in that and and one thing you can always do with us which we we kind of um, it helps us on both ends is our main business line is actually ran through a couple cell phones and the reason we do that is so that we can text pictures um, back and forth with with customers and so if you jot down that number and send a send a picture of your panel over to us I'll be able to tell you right okay. away if, if you need a what we can do with that. Okay. What is that number, Bill? I'll do that. 303? Yes. 656? Okay. 3689. 3689. You know, we, we do have a couple of empty spaces for it. look like they would handle a couple of two, uh, 220 breakers. Um, but but uh, I'm just not sure, and... and uh, I'd like to know before we get too too involved. Sure, yeah, and and you're probably uh, you're probably okay, um, but every time we say that, sometimes we <laughs> comes back. <laughs> well, you said on the radio it was okay, and it's like, well, yeah, but that's why we utilize uh, that um, that communication okay. way. So uh, we won't be back into the office till Monday. So if you want to send that over on Monday, we can definitely answer that for yeah. you. Yeah, that, Bill, that's very kind of you to do that. You know, um, this house was built in '73. Is, is that is it what was the typical um, typical service at that time 100 amp or 200 amp or 150 amp what it all depends on the square footage of the house um, about 2,000 feet yeah it's really hard to say because I mean okay. you're talking you're talking almost 50 years ago now at this point oh my uh, gosh really yeah, yeah. and so um, but from your but from the text picture, you'll be able to tell what service yes, we have. Yes, and okay. you know, I don't know if there's any additions or you know uh, upgrades between you know that point and this point. So, yeah, yeah. And it depends well, on the brand too. If you have an old Zensco or an old FPE panel, 
Um, we don't put new circuits in those panels because those those guys are not very safe. They're they're the sure. way they connect to the oh. bus. They're um, they've got over a 50% failure rate, and so if you have one of those older breakers, um, you know you can't even buy breakers for them anymore. They they make a manufacturer aftermarket, but they're not very good. So uh, they lost their UL listings, both Zensco and FPE, and so you can't buy parts for them anymore. And even if you buy an old breaker, you know, people get a misunderstanding about a breaker because what they'll say is, well, this thing's worked for 100 years or 50 years. Um, breakers are a fail-safe, okay? So sure. if you've not had a problem for 100 years, then sure, it's worked. But if, how do you know, you know, how do you know you have a problem? Well, your house burns down or, you know, uh, that's an extreme, but you know, you have a fire, um, you know, or things melt or appliances blow up and it's like, well, why didn't my breaker trip? Well, because it wasn't correctly working. You need a couple things with breakers too and maintenance. If you go out and shut that main breaker off, um, you know, especially with a house of your age, you might have aluminum wiring in that house. You might want to go in there. Yeah. So the problem with aluminum, the alloy that they used during those times was it was really susceptible to the heating and shrinking with electron flow. Sure. So, you know, hit that main breaker, go out there and tighten up those those breakers um, on there every once in a while. And then exercise what we call exercise those breakers. Just turn them on and turn them off, turn them on, turn off. These things are held together by magnets and springs. And so the right. way it works is once the electron flow reaches a certain thermal level, it'll trip the thermal device. But also once it reaches a certain magnetic uh, electromagnetic field, it's north and north on two magnets. And that's what trips a breaker, either oh, thermal okay. or electromagnetic. And so if you get a lot of dust in there over time, that triggering mechanism may jam up. And so, you know, you want to go out there and exercise those breakers, um, you know, maybe once a year once every couple of years um you know and 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 go through and tighten it we do we call it a, a panel service we go through and clean up the panels and and exercise sure. the breakers and tighten everything down and and things but um we got off on a different tangent for your ac but those things are all important it's it's all oh, stuff yeah, to consider yeah. absolutely well, this, this, this panel that i have is a siemens panel um bill okay siemens siemens is the same as ite um and those okay. so that panel it could be original with the house. They had those back then. But, yeah, take a picture of it, it is, and send yeah. it over to us. And um, those breakers are, are not as bad. Um, they're, they're still made today. Siemens, obviously, is still in business. Um, and they're still, they're still probably good breakers. But, you know, breakers, it's like with anything. It has a, it has a life, you know. And um, the more they get used, the, the, the more they get worn out, you know. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate your help. Bill. I'll, I'll text that over on this weekend and perhaps you can give me a, a shout about what needs to be done yep sounds good perfect wonderful don thanks, thanks for the call very much for your help yep Keep don thanks, thanks for the call really appreciate it and we have a line open 303-477-5600 you're listening to fix it radio keep it tuned right here to klz 560 can you believe how low rates are staying still in the twos back in the 40s and the 50s rates were in the five to six percent range how much longer you're going to wait Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable Interest Mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. 
Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM 720-895-0500, where our reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by door, NMLS 298191, equal credit lender. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. Your company is bleeding time and money, and John Rush will find those leaks. You're too stuck in day-to-day weeds to step back and see the big picture. You need a qualified, experienced business coach to take stock of your expenses and see where you and your employees are wasting time and money. John firmly believes that every business owner needs a coach because you're too close to the situation to be objective. Email John now and make more money. John at RushToReason.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to the final segment of Fix It Radio. Dan Muir in for John Rush and Dennis Brewster. Along with me is Bill Anderson from Arc Electric, and you can get a hold of Bill on Monday at 303-656-3689 or arcelectricco.com. That's A-R-K, electricco.com. We've been, we've been talking about so much stuff here, but we were talking about the generators, mm-hmm. and we are talking about how to figure this whole thing out with this ohms thing and all this kind of stuff, and of course, it's gone right over my head already, but, you know, and then Scott Watley from from uh, Sportsman of Colorado just texted me and said, hey, what about my freezer? I've got a ton of meat in there, you know? So everybody's got something they're worried about, you right. know, something that they want to make sure. Now, for me, if it's minus 50 out and the freezer goes out, open the garage door and, you know, open the freezer and it'll stay plenty cold. It's just when it gets warm, you know, shut it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay, so if you're, you, you're talking about that, that smaller, medium-sized generator, the one that you carry around for mm-hmm. your customers when you're, out um, working and then you were talking about this generator that you could hook up that would keep the furnace running so i mean how much are these things roughly and you know what i want to buy too let's say i'm worried like scott and i want one for my freezer and one for my furnace can i do that you could do whatever you want yeah okay. because especially with a freezer because you could simply just unplug it and plug it in and plug it into the generator outlet okay um but you got to remember too you know these things cycle so your freezer or your refrigerator or your furnace, they don't run all the time. Even your well pump, if you're out on a well, it only runs to pressurize the tank. Your freezer only runs when it says, hey, I need more cooling. Right. The furnace only runs when you have a call for heat. The refrigerator only runs when it says, okay, we're getting higher than 
the set temperature, let's cool it back down. So there's cycling with these things. And so, you know, if you had a generator and you were worried about your freezer, you know, um, just go out and check your freezer and go, oh, things are getting soft. Let's fire it on. There's no need to run your generator and have your freezer plugged in when it's probably not going to be being consumed, right? The energy is not going to be used. Right. Especially, especially if you've got like these freezers out in the garage. I mean, if it's minus 20 degrees outside, your garage is not probably above freezing anyway. Yeah, there's you know? there's a problem with that. The, yeah. First of all, um, per almost every single refrigerator, freezer manufacturer, they yeah. say do not put your but appliance everybody in does. the garage. Everybody have you does, noticed? except for you. you. You're the only person that does not have it out in the garage. Right, I have three of them. <laughs> in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever noticed? Like, Remember it was like a week or two ago when we had those really cold days? Yeah. We went out to our freezer. The food was soft because it didn't work with the ambient temperature. It recognized a different ambient temperature and it stopped cooling. And so, you know, you can run a risk of your freezer not working in a cold environment. So, you know, your scenario there, if, if you're out of juice and, you know, it's really, really cold out, you got to take that out. You got to take that meat out because it will, it won't work. It just, because it's, it's not going to run because of the ambient temperature Correct. in the garage. Correct. And most people don't have heated garages, right? So, but in that scenario, anyway, your heat's off, so um, right. that's why things wouldn't be working. But I really never thought about that with the outside freezer. You're right; if it gets too cold, it's not going to run, and then it turns into more of a warmer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's an insulator, yeah. <laughs> an insulator. Thank you. I couldn't think of the right term, but yeah, an insulator. Yeah, You're exactly. Right. And we noticed that, you know, just this past few weeks, we went out to our freezer, and you know, you get some ice cream or whatever, and it's all mushy, and it's like, well, what had that? Did we lose power? No, power was there. It just stopped cooling because of the ambient temperature. That's really, so really interesting. There's a, there's a lot to consider with that. My, so the best thing you have to do is when you, when you want to size a generator is we have sheets that we can fill out. We have calculations we can do. We can come out. We can talk to you and help you size that appropriately, tell you what you really need, and, and kind of explore those options from there. And then you'll also leave me the book on how to maintain it. And yes. And then on and, certain big yeah. generators, like we, we quoted one, we're doing their whole house. Um, and, you know, it's a $30,000 generator that we're providing. Um, it's 400 amps. Wow. Okay, um, let's let's grab John from Denver here real quick. John it, from Denver, welcome to – no? Oh, no, he's still on. Okay, sorry about that. Still being – okay. So I thought – I was just kind of running short on time, so I thought I'd grab him real quick, but – Okay. Oh, now he's on. Okay, John in Denver. Welcome to Fix It Radio. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing great. So I got a quick question. We're in the process of building a place, and um, I've got some people arguing that we should go with electric radiant floor heating, and some people saying we should go with the uh, the hydronic, uh, you know, liquid um, boiler based system for heating. You know, coming back to a generator system, how, how would that work? Electric heat would not be your friend. Um, you know, we just did a, we actually did a, uh, out in Elizabeth, um, a, ba- a generator backup with a boiler, um, system and that's their only source of heat. And so when you're looking at a boiler system, all I have to control, all I have to operate is that pump. Okay. Um, if I'm working electric heat in the floor, it's per linear foot. So let me give you a quick little example. So I just built a 40 by 40 building on my property. I put in snow melt in front of, I have three garage doors. I put in a snow melt be, only between two of them. Why did I do that? Because I ran out of ampacity. It's just for those two little driveway sections in front of those two garage doors. It cost me almost 60 amps. Okay just for those two sections. 
So, you know, you're talking about your entire house. Um, one, the electric bill on that's going to be enormous. The install price of the the um, the radiant heat is probably going to be more. But in the long run, you're going to be better off. I would go that way. I would. That's my personal opinion. Well, I greatly appreciate your honesty. Uh, real quick, like same thing for the instant on uh, water heaters. Our architect is saying to uh, use the, you know the electric instant on for the showers and baths and everywhere. And again, I've been told that I should use uh, the uh, recirculating um, boiler system since we're going to be doing the radiant floor heating anyway. Yeah, tie those systems together if you can, for sure. Uh, you you could definitely do electric. The thing with the the instant hots whether they're on your shower or your bathtubs or whatever, um, they only turn on when the demand is there, when the call's there. Uh, the thing with, like, you know, the old traditional water tanks and stuff like that, it, it keeps it to temperature. It's like the refrigerator. It gets it to temperature, and then once it drops, it fires back up. It has to continuously fight to keep that supply at the ready um, where the instant ones aren't. Now, if you're looking at the, the generator stuff, yeah, anything with heat, motors, um, and generation is not your friend because those are very energy hungry um, devices. All right. Again, greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys. I'm going to continue to listen to the show. Have a great day. Wonderful. Thanks. Thanks, John. God bless. Thank you so much. And uh, that's that's really interesting stuff. You know, you don't think about that when you think about something like electric heated floors, you know, and then like. I mean, that would take a lot of electricity to keep that thing hot or, or keep your house warmed that way all right. all winter long, wouldn't it? Right. There's some places out there where we live in, in Elbert where they're all electric baseboard heaters and stuff like that. And their electric bill will be um, hundreds and hundreds of dollars every month. Boy, I just, I just you really got to consider that when you're, not only that, but if you want to resell the property. Because people are going to be looking at it going, I don't know if I can afford that electric right, bill. Right, I mean, yes, you don't have the gas or you don't have a yeah. propane bill to offset it. But but electricity fluctuates a lot. And yeah. I, I don't know. I've always, I've always liked natural gas heat. Um, you know, being from the upper Midwest, that just always seemed to mm -hmm. work. We never had problems with it. And it was always cost effective. And it was right. just, it was priced right. So, but I'll tell you what, those instant... Um, Water heaters, those sound so cool. Yeah, and, and they're very energy efficient. Yeah. Yeah, they really are because you're not burning. And, and you never run out of hot water. Until the... Electricity goes out. Until the electricity goes out. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, this has been great. Okay, so if you have electrical questions or you need Bill to look at something, once again, Bill Anderson from Arc Electric, 303-656-3689, arcelectricco.com, A-R-K, electricco.com. I've been your host, Dan Muir, in for John Rush and Dennis Brewster. Keep it tuned next. Drive Radio is up next. Keep it tuned right here to KLZ 560.